welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. And welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Aaron Fletter. And Aaron, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you, Kathy. I'm honored. Great to have you. You are the CEO and founder of Sticky Fingers Cooking, but you also hold the incredible title of Food Geek in Chief, which is fantastic. We're going to talk about that in a moment. You have an extensive background in the food and wine industry, including being the co-owner of an Italian restaurant, but you are a cookbook author, I think five cookbooks at last count, and you're very passionate about helping kids crave healthy food. So let's talk a bit about you first, and then let's get into Sticky Fingers. So, Erin, it seems as though you have always loved the food industry. Tell us how that started. Yes, I have always loved everything about food. I grew up in a wonderful, untraditional household where we traveled the world together. Mm -hmm. Uh, We cooked together. We explored together. And when I became older in my 20s. I just loved the restaurant business. I love the hospitality aspect of it. I love the creativity. I love the happiness that it brings to people. You know, food is really the great human uniter. I mean, we celebrate, we share experiences and traditions, we share cultures, and we create lifelong memories about who we are as people through our food. Oh, no kidding. I couldn't agree more. Coming from a restaurant background, I'm right there with you, Erin, right (laughs) there with you. So from there, you co-owned this Italian restaurant. Would you please tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a pretty wild story. And it's one that I'm very proud of. And it's 100% true. I moved to Denver in early 1996. And I walked into this incredible restaurant called Barolo Grill. I walked in to have a glass of wine at the bar. And I locked eyes with Ryan Flutter, who at the time was a back waiter at the restaurant. And it was love at first sight. Oh, I love that. We haven't been apart ever since. And then I ended up working at the restaurant myself as a server. One of, I say it was the second best job I've ever had. I loved it. And so Ryan and I worked side by side for many years. And then fast forward to our lives together. Um, we've opened uh, many businesses together, many moves, uh, international and to California and back. And our biggest accomplishment, having three daughters. And then we were given the opportunity and honor to buy Barolo Grill in 2015. So it felt a lot like coming home. It's an extension of our family, honestly. And the restaurant is Ryan's passion, really, and it's his expertise. And it's his restaurant 100%. I get to work with Ryan directly on the business strategy and growth side of things, being the co-owner with him. And the back of the house stuff, I also get to put my input on paint color and fun things like that. So I just, I love working with Brian and I love seeing him thrive as being the consummate restaurant tour that he is. Okay. That sounds totally like a Hallmark movie. I mean, totally. I just crazy, right? It's yes. it, I, And it's true. Yes. And so <laughs> you've taken that passion even further to children and creating healthy food that they crave. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, my parents were a great influence on me. My mother was like a 
1970s hippie through and through, uh, making homemade bread and yogurts, pickles. Uh, she took me on travels across the globe. And I became immediately curious about other cultures and how other people live. Um, and then I naturally brought my kids into the kitchen and then their friends. Um, it kind of dawned on me in the U.S. that the kitchen is uh, is kind of a forbidden place for kids. Honestly, in today's culture, it's even parents don't really go into their kitchens very much. You know, um, mm-hmm. we're a grab and go kind of a society. So I've always relished seeing kids try international foods and eating a medley of fruits and vegetables kind of uh I guess, uh, how, would, how would I say it? It's um, watching kids eat non-traditional kid food, probably how I would say that. Um, mm-hmm. And my kids learned how to make salad when they were two years old. They love oh, wow. making salad. So it's something that I grew up with, um, eating healthy food. And I believe in balance, you know, mm-hmm. I believe in having pizza and then making a salad with it, uh, making cupcakes and then, you know, also making a smoothie. So. Gotcha. So all of that led to you starting Sticky Fingers Cooking right from your kitchen table. So here you are, this successful restaurant owner, and you decided, you know what? I want to start this company called Sticky Fingers Cooking. How did that transpire? Yeah, it was um, actually, it was uh, the timeline's a little bit different. I started Sticky Fingers Cooking in 2011, and oh. then we bought the restaurant in 2015. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, me starting the business also kind of helped us be able to uh, acquire Barolo Grill, which was really nice. So starting it from my kitchen table, um, you know, uh, I was introduced to a concept. It's typically called after-school enrichment programs. Um, and these are programs where children stay after school at their own school and they can sign up for um, now a multitude of different classes. And I fell in love with it. I didn't grow up with anything like that. And so I was introduced through this concept through my own children. In that same vein, I was introduced to a company called Sticky Fingers Cooking that was already in existence here in Denver. It was a single location in a church basement. It was very, very different. Um, you know, they brought families in and kids to make a meal together. I was already naturally doing something like that in my own life. And I bought the name, mm-hmm. the logo. Um, my father, who is a lifelong entrepreneur, he became so excited about the idea of Sticky Fingers cooking. He moved to Denver from San Francisco 12 years ago, formed it together, made it into a a business model that it is today, and started Sticky Fingers Cooking together and right from the kitchen table. Ah, that is great. And I know that Sticky Fingers Cooking is more than just cooking classes, which we'll get into, but you have a tagline that I just love. It's cultivating culinary curiosity in kids. Tell us about the tagline and, and how that starts it off. Yeah. You know, when we talk to kids about their futures, we often say, follow your passion. And just in this conversation, we've used the passion, we've used the word passion quite a bit. And honestly, I feel like that word can be a bit daunting. And when it was told to me as a young person, I felt like I couldn't make a mistake or even change my mind, um, that it was something that had to be really solidified in my being, knowing what my passion was. It felt inherently rigid with a lot of weight to it. And when you're a young person, you maybe have no idea what your passion is. You probably shouldn't, right? So 
That's also why I love after school enrichment is that it introduced kids to all sorts of things like science and arts and sports and engineering. And we bring the cooking part to that. And if we can allow kids to and to welcome them into inviting them to be curious about something, it's a wonderful and gentle gateway to them learning about themselves and learning about new things in the world. So curiosity is one of my favorite words. And I wanted to use that into our tagline. And if we love food puns here at Sticky Fingers Cooking, so we had to make the culinary arts cool by calling it culinary. Ah, love that. Love that. And you know, I think you're absolutely right. People don't understand what their passions are until they've tried a lot of things to really know what is it. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. So you provide online cooking classes and camps and, and this after school. So can you tell us about the classes first and maybe the modalities that you use? Yeah, absolutely. We started in 2011 and we do essentially the same thing that we do today. Um, and so we offer cooking classes and camps to various venues. So we're not a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. We don't have our own location. We go to where children naturally are. We go to schools and summer camps. Uh, public libraries are a wonderful partnership with us. Um, museums, uh, community centers, pretty much anywhere. I develop what we call a cooking pit. And all of our chefs, hundreds of chefs instructors that work with us, they all have their own cooking kit. And they go and they teach a hands-on cooking class to anywhere between eight and 12 kids in a class. So you've partnered with some schools. Tell us a little bit about what that programming entails, please. Yeah, that's uh, really the bread and butter of what we do is uh, partnering with schools. We're, um, we're pleased to be able to share with people that we have a over a 99% retention rate. So the very first uh, client that we had was actually a summer camp that we're still in today. And the, it was a traditional entrepreneurial story in Denver. I knocked on a hundred school doors saying, I have this program. We're going to cook with kids. There was nothing like that ever. And uh, uh, 97 schools said, I think you might be a little crazy. Uh, No, we're not going to do that. But three schools said yes. And those three schools had, you know, grew into a hundred schools and a thousand schools. So we we love our school partnerships and we cook with in thousands of venues each year. That's incredible. So it's an at, is it the after school enrichment program that you teach the cooking in? That's right. It's after school enrichment. We also do before school. There's a, a lot oftentimes there's a before care program. And so we can offer cooking before. And we're also, I'm very pleased to announce in three states we have been ingrained into the curriculum in some private schools and in some Title I schools where we're actually a part of the school day. And that's just about the biggest honor I can imagine. Oh, that's wonderful. That is great. But you know, when I think about, I learned how to, now back when I went to school, which we're not going to talk about when that was, we did have a cooking class, but I don't think they do anymore. So that's a, I think it's definitely needed. So good for you. So before we get into the franchising aspect, which I want to dig deep on, I was truly overwhelmed when I looked at all the things your company does, the generosity of you with your philanthropic efforts. Would you want to tell us about one in particular? 
Yeah, you know, philanthropy is really baked into our culture. Even from the very first class we offered, we offered scholarships. Uh, we donate to all of the schools that we teach. And to date, we've given back $1.5 million to our schools. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, we can't do this without our schools. Um, Sticky Fingers is a relationship-based based company. It's all about the relationship that we have from our students to our chef instructors to our schools to the various uh, venues to uh, to parents. And so, you know, trust is really baked into it as well. Um, one philanthropic effort that I, especially that I'm quite proud of, is during COVID. Um, COVID was uh, the worst time for all of us. Uh, it was definitely the worst time in my life, both personally and professionally. And to be able to outreach to as many um, organizations that needed it the most was really important, not just to me, but my team as a whole. And we were able to partner with the I Have a Dream Foundation, which is a national organization that uh, that reaches kids across the country. And we had a particularly incredible partnership that still thrives today with the Los Angeles chapter. And we were teaching hundreds of kids every week online um, how to cook from their homes. And it still brings tears to my eyes uh, yeah. thinking about it. And it was all completely pro bono. And uh, it was it was wonderful. And that's something that we're going to continue to encourage our franchisees to be able to do some community outreach. That's amazing. And, and what a wonderful gift to give communities because you can learn how to do this online. I mean, in person is probably a little more fun. But you can definitely learn online. So that's fabulous. Thank you for sharing that and for doing that. Thank you. And I don't know if you noticed, Aaron, but I have certainly noticed you are so on brand the entire time we're talking. So like you said, this is our bread and butter. This idea is baked into. And I have to <laughs> smile because I'm like, she definitely loves cooking. That is so great. That is so fun. <laughs> so um, say that sticky fingers cooking is like an extension of me. It's almost like my right arm or something. <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like it. I'm really enjoying that. Well, let's, let's start talking about franchising a little bit. So yeah. you just started franchising and you offer an in-person mobile cooking school with classes and camps at schools and community venues. What made you decide to franchise your concept? Yeah, again, COVID had so much to do with it. Um, I, I guess going backwards about six years ago, I was fortunate enough to be connected to an incredible franchisor. Her name is Carrie Dorr, and she started the Pure Bar Method. I did uh, Pure Bar for years. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yes. And uh, the woman behind the brand is um is exceptional as you can imagine uh, she became my mentor i was really thinking about what is this going to look like expanding we always had a, a mission to expand because we know and we believe what we do is so important that we wanted to bring it to more and more kids throughout the country and so uh, i didn't know anything about franchising and she was so generous with her story and her experience shares were incredible. And I quickly realized in my uh, in conversations with her that Sticky Fingers Cooking, we weren't quite ready. Um, we needed to work on our system. So I looked into it about you know six years prior. And then during COVID um, and during that time, my team and I just spent countless amounts of time and energy and resources in making sure our systems were watertight and mm -hmm. Incredible. 
And so we had been working to scale and to grow. And then during COVID, um, it was just a horrible time. My husband being a restaurateur, um, me building a, a company from scratch with my father and my team of people that have been with me for years and years and to see every school close and then trying to reach out and do what we do best and connect with kids and um, try to be a support to families. And women, uh, we were disproportionately affected by COVID. So many women left the workforce from COVID. And actually, a recent study came out. There's about 3 million women that are not going to come back to the workforce in a traditional way because they're still caregivers, whether they're parents or mothers or they're looking after their community members, their aging, aging relatives, however it might be. And my team and I have developed this incredible business that is a win-win, um, that has all the systems, that has technology, it has everything in place. And it was time to share that and to create more business owners in the U.S. Totally makes sense. And, you know, franchising is such a wonderful model for people that have tons of other responsibilities because of the flexibility. Absolutely. I mean, and it takes where a franchisee is a, is a special unicorn, somebody that wants to take their own life and their own destiny by the, by the horn. <laughs> and they also um, love following systems and following a brand and falling in love with a brand and right. falling in love with what they're doing. Something that I'm able to share with our franchisees is like, you get to stand on our shoulders as building a business for the last 12 years. And you get to do this better than we ever got to do it. Um, because, you know, we, we, we made the mistakes and we had to build everything from scratch. And now you get to focus on doing what you do best and creating a wonderful business for yourself and to impact the community as well. So well said. And that is the beauty of the franchise model. So thank you. Well, I dug through your FDD some, which I love to do. And I thanked you earlier for having a short one because it was a simpler dive than some have been. But you mentioned the technology piece. And so I noticed that you had a proprietary software called, of course, the Dash. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. And it's called the Dash. And then our logo is a salt shaker, of course. Of course. That's salt, right? Um, yes. And so the Dash was created uh, about a decade ago. And it was because, uh, you know, the after-school enrichment space was a little bit like the Wild wild West. There weren't a whole lot of um, boundaries or roadways or anything to really follow. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything at the time that my father and I and my team felt that would be out there software-wise to be mm-hmm. able to could save. We want to know about food allergies. We want all children. Mm-hmm. We want to be inclusive that all children can join our class and cook and, and eat and enjoy everything. And so we really kind of started from there. Um, and as you know, you being an entrepreneur yourself and knowing all about uh, franchise founders and business founders, you know, I was up at night uh, doing Excel spreadsheets at you know, two in the morning. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Um, and I don't want to make a mistake. And so we decided, you know what, we're just going to develop our own software. There isn't anything out there. We want to be the best. We want to provide excellence from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And so I just started there. Um, and we have a dedicated uh, CTO 
that has been with us now for six years, but we developed the Dash 10 years ago and it is constantly getting better. It runs every, every aspect from HR to payroll. So all of that side of things to scheduling, it's a, a CMS. It, it communicates wow. uh, with, with all of our parents, uh, with all of our venues. It holds all of our proprietary curriculum, uh, thousands of recipes that we have developed over the last 12 years. It's really the, the heart and soul and the brain of what we do. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And you talked about safety and, you know, thinking about all the allergies that are out there today with children, that's extremely important that you capture that. So I can see where that yeah. has to be a big piece of it. Yeah, a little part of the story that I left out was uh, I mentioned that my husband and I have three daughters. Mm -hmm. Our eldest daughter has type 1 di diabetes and she had type 1 diabetes. She developed it when she was two years old and she has four other autoimmune disorders. Mm -hmm. um, another reason why I was seeking an untraditional job and untraditional sure. income for my family uh, was that I needed to be at home and on call to make sure that she has, you know, some, some pretty enormous health needs. Mm -hmm. And through my children and through Ava, our oldest daughter, you know, then, then we're meeting kids with celiac and we're meeting kids that have a multitude of allergies mm -hmm. and sensitivities. And so it was incredibly important to me personally and on the Sticky Fingers team, like I said, that we are inclusive and that every child can cook and eat anything in the class that they make when they come to our classes. So we have all their information up front and all of our recipes, as I said, thousands of them can be adapted and they all are adapted to accommodate any and all dietary restrictions. Okay, and I'm yeah. happy to say we've cooked with uh, about 125,000 children. Wow. Uh, we have a, a pretty beautiful track record of keeping our, our students safe and happy and well fed. That is not easy. That is not easy. So congratulations. Something that was interesting to me in the FTDs that you mentioned, they have to purchase the child safe knives from you only. And I thought they really do care about safety, which is awesome. But yeah. even down to the knives. So I was interested in that. Yes. Yeah. So we've modeled our knives off of uh, lettuce knives. I don't know if you've ever used oh. a lettuce knife before, but, wow. um, you know, it's made out of plastic and it's made out of plastic for a reason to be a lettuce knife, because if you cut up lettuce with a typical stainless steel blade, it actually promotes browning faster. So if you cut with a, with a plastic knife, it'll keep the lettuce fresher and greener and, uh, for, for a lot longer. Uh, the lettuce knife also has a, lovely serrated blade and a very dull rounded point. And the reason why the lettuce knife is the perfect tool for kids, um, we cook with kids at ages, you know, four to 18, is that it's quite safe. And it's actually because of the serration, we can easily teach proper knife skills to children so that if they're using a real knife in their own kitchens, that they do so safely. And we got so many reports of parents saying, oh my gosh, my child is schooling me on that I'm not um, using the knife. My, my cutting techniques are not up to par. Oh, how funny. <laughs> so, how funny. Quite, quite fun. Yeah. So we're, so we're, we have, uh, we have been producing our own knives for quite some time and we're going to continue to have our own line of uh, product line of kitchen tools for kids. Uh, in the coming years. Are you going to make that available to customers? 
We will. That is our aim and that's our goal. Ooh, I want to buy those. That's great. (laughs) Yes. That is great. You know, I just learned something. I did not know that about the browning of produce. So thank you for teaching (laughs) this old professor a trick or two. (laughs) Thank you. Speaking of of training, I'm just going to ask you a few more on the FTD, but I noticed that you personally conduct all the training. Why is that important to you? Yes, um, definitely. I, I personally will be there. I oversee everything. I have an incredible team of people. Um, our leadership team is 25 people strong, um, and they've been with us for an average of eight out of the 12 years we've been doing this. So we, we've developed everything together, um, and we want to create a similar culture with uh, like-minded people and with our franchisees. And so it's really important that our, our culture is kind of imbued and infused in every aspect of what we do and with the training. It's, it's, it's incredibly important to us. And it really goes back to safety. It goes back to connection. It goes back to forming relationships. And all of that is at the core of what we do. I can see that. And that makes total sense. And speaking about franchisees, what are some of the qualities you look for in prospective franchisees? Yeah, well, you know, this, uh, this takes uh, heart and soul. So you have to, first of all, love kids. That is a requirement. Um, you have to enjoy food and cooking. That's important as well. And what we're really doing is looking for you know, team players. We call ourselves st- Team Sticky Fingers Cooking. We're looking for more team players and people that want, again, an untraditional avenue uh, to change their lives and impact their community through a positive business that we have created. And so we want people that really embody our core values of Sticky Fingers Cooking, and that's trust, innovation, impact, inspiration, and community. Gotcha. Because even in your item 15, you state that you want the owner to personally supervise and devote full time to the day-to-day activities. And I guess that's because you really want them to care about the business and be involved. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And we want them to feel uh, a proud sense of ownership Mm -hmm. and of being a part of their community. Absolutely. So tell me about your growth plans for the next five years. What would be in your crystal ball of hopes there? Yes, we're very excited to be welcoming franchisees from coast to coast and to be able to support them as a franchise brand. uh, You know, it is our honor and obligation to uphold the brand and to make sure that Sticky Fingers Cooking remains to be a trusted brand, a brand that is uh, easily recognized for excellence and safety. Um, and authenticity. And so we are welcoming as many franchise owners uh, that want to join our team, and we are ready for that. So we envision having anywhere from 50 to 100 franchisees join our team. That's and awesome. We are, yeah, we are, we are built for it. We're ready for it. Um, we've been ready for a while. And we're very excited to be a franchise brand, just uh, not even a year. So Aaron... You have done so much. And actually with Sticky Fingers, you've been at it for a while, but not franchising for long. So what are you most proud of? Uh, you know, I am I am most proud of of the team uh, that has you did not nobody does anything alone. Right. That's for that's for sure. Um and and that that is absolutely me. You know, from working with my father to working with my valued friends and neighbors, we have all built sticky fingers cooking from the ground up and from a kitchen table for 12 years. So I am incredibly proud of the uh, amazing team that I get to work with. The proudest moments are, um, it seems like weekly we get 
letters and emails from parents about how much sticky fingers cooking has changed their kids' lives and even the lives of their of, of families themselves. Um, something as simple as cooking and eating well, it brings families back to the table. Um, this one beautiful story just a few months ago, I had uh, a parent uh, respond to an email that I had sent to her. And it was, I think it was nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago, um, when her son had a sticky fingers birthday party. And so, yeah, it was 10 years ago because he, uh, because he was turning 17. He's graduating from high school and she was creating a recipe book of all of his favorite recipes to send with him to college. And she said, you know, I, I can't quite find the recipe that he made. And we still make it, you know, we, we have our own handwritten version, but is there any way you can send me these four recipes from Sticky Fingers Cooking that he loved from his birthday party and taking classes because I want to include it in the book? And okay. I said, just a second, I need to cry for a second. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just, it was so, it was so touching to know that, uh, you know, a decade later that, uh, that families are still cooking together and that it meant something. Right. And you have published five books. That's right. Yeah. And that's actually five books, I'm proud to say, since 2020. Um, wow. So yes, again, it's this, this team of ours is just incredible. Um, and so we have self-published four cookbooks to date. And then we uh, partnered with Penguin Random House Publishing. And so our fifth cookbook is is in collaboration with them and it will be released in October. It's called Kids Smoothies. That's great. That is great. Congratulations. And so my last question for you, is there anything that you wish you had known before you started your franchise journey? Yes, uh, I I mentioned my mentor and now friend, uh, Carrie Dorch. And so I think that that was just a a stroke of luck and kismet that I was able to meet her. what I can share as far as an experience share is to um, reach out earlier and talk to people that know more than you do. Uh, if you're interested in franchising, reach out to the carry doors of the world, reach out to your community, um, you know, see, talk to people and open up and share with them what your business is and how you want it to grow and see if franchising is right for you. Like I said, it was really important for me to know when that we were not ready until we were ready. And so working on every aspect of our system, of our systems to make sure that everything was watertight, ready to go. Uh, my team and I have a great responsibility to our franchisees to deliver the very best business model that we possibly can. And I am 100% certain that we've done that. But, you know, it took it took six years of conversations to get there. It does take time. What great advice, though. You're right. Mentors in the field are so willing to help. And thank you, Erin, for your story and sharing with us and inspiring all of us. Thank you. It was an absolute delight. I'm in awe of you and your career. So thank you. It's a delight to speak to you. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.